Welcome to Adjust Your Life, an integrative health podcast about you and your overall wellness with Dr. Tim Dooley and Dr. Patrick O'Brien. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Thank you for listening to the Adjust Your Life podcast. Please remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. This is Dr. Dooley coming in hot with you with Dr. O'Brien right next Dr. to me. Dr. O'Brien, ready to go. It's Friday. It's Friday. Yeah, we're still here it's in the office. Favorite part of the day right here. Yeah. I get to sit next to you. We're, we're doing a podcast. Oh, you like sitting next to me? <laughs> I need some food. <laughs> food. Give me some food. This is going to be a really hot topic, too. This All is right. good. You're going to get a lot of questions answered here. All right. We're going to discuss insurance and chiropractic care. I know there's a lot of questions, and I know there's a lot of, hopefully, a lot of answers I can give you. But if you listen to this podcast, this will greatly reduce your stress about coming in to see a chiropractor and seeing if anything's covered. We should be able to tell you up front. If not up front, we can tell you the second visit. Um, our staff does a insurance verification for you, and that's usually ready by the second visit. And then we can establish um, what's going on. Uh, first off, we want to state that we are in network with Medicare, Medicaid. Anthem, UHC, Medical Mutual, Buckeye, Molina, CareSource, UMR, GEHA, Personal Injury, and Work Comp. Now, every year, 20 million Americans visit chiropractic offices for their aches and pains. And so the main question is, does my insurance cover it? The best news is most insurances will cover chiropractic visits to a certain extent. And that all, varies patient to patient. Yeah, everything varies patient to patient and what insurance you have. Um, it's important to review your coverage before your appointment to avoid surprises. It is ultimately your responsibility. Now think of this. We have staff calling the insurance company, asking them. They're usually getting a, a middleman or a middle woman in between that's describing t- to us what is covered. Sometimes that's inaccurate. Most times it is accurate. So I just want to make sure that's clear up front. It's not a quick phone call either, so it can take some time. So we we still do it to offer to the patients as a service to give you an idea ahead of time. But a lot of these patients can just log in, and you guys can can check your benefits just from a website. You you guys can check it much quicker than we can. Our staff is on the phone roughly 30 minutes for each verification. And with the amount of new patients we get a week, it does take some time. So please be patient if you're um, expecting us to do it right off the bat. Um. First thing first, what do you want to go into first? Like deductibles? Let's discuss what a deductible is, I guess. Okay. So a deductible, and we you can kind of jump in if you need to. Um, you know, deductibles is basically like the allowed amount on there before basically the insurance kicks in and provides benefits at that point. So mm-hmm. if, for example, let's say I have a $3,000 deductible, technically speaking, that patient is responsible for all $3,000 until you hit that deductible. And then at that point, there's another part which we can get into as far as what your coverage is. Now, mm-hmm. the thing to understand, though, is it's not when you go to a, uh, get treatment or go to a hospital with $3,000 deductible and you have Anthem, for example, the contracted rate by which the treatment's being provided may differ from Anthem to MedMutual to whatever. So mm-hmm. you are still getting a discount for having insurance, but ultimately, once you hit the 3000 that's whenever you actually start to get the benefits. Right, and with those... Um, points of of cost. Medicare sets the the rule basically. So if Medicare is paying at a hundred, Anthem and Medicaid and the rest are definitely going to be around that number. 
Uh, for example, like when you come into an office and um, adjustment, let's build, let's say, $100. Even though we're billing $100, Anthem is only going to pay X amount. So let's say Correct. Anthem pays 40 The $60 is written off. Yes. We cannot bill you for that. We cannot back bill you for that. Um, that is a common question. So if we're billing, you know, it doesn't really matter what we're billing. It's what they're paying. Yep. So that whatever they pay is what's applied to your deductible if you have one. So that'll get applied to that and subtracted off that 3000 that Dr. O'Brien said. And if you see a doctor, you may receive a thing called an EOB, which is an mm-hmm. explanation of benefits where it can kind of, it really breaks it down for you and explain what that, you know, what that coverage is and what's, what's being written off, what's being billed, what's being collected and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Now, there's also called an out-of-network deductible. The out-of-network deductible is when you see, let's say, Pat and I are not in Anthem. You come in here and you want your insurance billed Anthem. Those costs are much higher. So if we build $100, Anthem is going to pay three quarters of that as opposed to a quarter of that, essentially, for the in-network deductible. Does that make sense? It's still billing your insurance. Mm-hmm. When you're out of network, it doesn't mean you're not billing the insurance. It's just a you have two parts of your insurance. You have an right. in-network portion and you have an out-of-network portion. They're both still a part of insurance, but out-of-network will just have less coverage. It's mm-hmm. just, and it's, it's usually a different deductible. It's usually correct. much higher. Higher. Yeah, usually closer to double sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Co-pays. When you come into an office... Some insurance require a copay, some do not. Some it goes directly to your deductible. Copays, I want to say something, but I can't. Co- I mean, let's we'll use like Anthem. Copays federal. are like buttholes. Let's be honest. That's what I want to say. They suck. <laughs> so here's the situation: copay. Some if you're a specialist, you get a, you, you walk in, you pay the fifty dollars for the copay, and it generally pays for your whole appointment. In our office, it's not usually like that because you come in, we're technically a specialist on the insurance policy, but a lot of time our charges don't even meet the copay. Correct. So, you know, your charge is twenty bucks as opposed to your fifty dollar copay, and it's it just gets really confusing. Just keep in mind that copay generally gets approached or sent towards your deductible in most cases. Yes. All right. So I just want to kind of clarify that. So most I, folks come in. I got to pay fifty dollars, five dollars every time I come in here for an adjustment. I'm like, no, you pay what Anthem's rate is, which is. And then I'm going to give you just kind of an example. Like first visit, you come in, you have an exam done. You have, let's say, you have a copay of fifty dollars. You have an exam done. You are adjusted. You do electrical stim and decompression. Okay. You're gonna we're gonna collect the fifty dollars copay, and then any over amount would apply to the deductible. Future visits, though, you come in and let's say you're only doing an adjustment and, and decompression. That's it. You have a $50 copay, but the charges between an adjustment and, and a, a decompression may be approximately uh, $26-ish would be an mm-hmm. accurate amount. We're only going to collect the $26 because if we took the $50, there's essentially a credit being applied to your account. And that mm-hmm. obviously we, we, we know the allowable rates, which makes it more feasible to pay financially. So, Okay. So part of the... Uh, insurance verification we do is most insurances will cover up to a certain number of chiropractic adjustments, up to a certain number of chiropractic therapies, and up to a certain number of chiropractic physical therapy appointments. Usually they're 12 to 20 per year per patient. That's covered through insurance. Now, if you go over that number, they're not going to cover any of it, and you're required to pay the full amount. If you stay within that number, you can you you can pay the rate of which Anthem covers. Does that make sense? Correct. Okay. Yes. And it's and it that varies too. Like it could be, um, you could say you have twelve visits per year. 
Um, it, then it could say if you, you know, it depends. It could be called, uh, classified as medical necessity. We may just say you substantiate how many we think you need mm-hmm. and you could get more approved. I've seen people have a hundred visits approved a year and there's people that only have 12, but yeah. like government, Medicare insurance, you know, somewhere in the 15 range would be. Medicare usually doesn't have a cap, but they do. It's like one of those scenarios where they don't tell you what it is, but if it's not med- medically necessary, they'll cut you off right there. Yeah. So that's a little different than some other insurances. Sure. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, therapy. So can you, PT, in therapies, like if someone has 50 allowed PT visits a year and you come in and do stim, you do a decompression, you do a physical therapy, a lot of times those get applied to your PT benefits. So that's yes. three right there every time you come in. That's So we got to watch that. As physicians, we always watch that because we don't want to eat up all of your PT benefits You know, in case you have a surgery later in the year and you need to do some therapy on an ankle injury or a, a – a knee injury or something like that. But with that being said, let's say you're not going to utilize anything associated with your PT, which is physical mm-hmm. therapy benefits, and you have 20 visits to a chiropractor per year, but you have 40 visits to a physical therapist. You could still utilize those th- physical therapy benefits even if you run out of adjustments mm-hmm. because there's other ways of providing treatment to the patient outside of you know manipulation. It could be some sort of manual therapy or muscle work or something along those lines. So you still have benefits within the office. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I get a lot is, does insurance cover maintenance care? Technically, no. So when you come in, we're, you know, we're going to find something wrong with you usually because you're coming in, but sure. you can't, you generally cannot come in. I have zero pain. All I want is adjustment. Generally, we move those patients to a cash form, correct? You do the same thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's- go ahead. No, yeah, it's, it's you know, maintenance. That's why you see a lot of insurance will give you 12 visits a year because they're assuming you'll have a maintenance adjustment one time a month kind of thing. But obviously we need to substantiate that when you come in to figure out what's going on. So if there's any kind of loss in range of motion or something somewhere, I mean, that would st- substantiate or warrant, you know, reason to do treatment, which obviously. And that, it, it bugs me. Doesn't that bug you? Okay, so what, we pay all this money for sick care, but we can't pay any money towards maintenance or preventative care. Like that should bother you, me, or it should bother you and me, and it should bother everyone listening. And, and it also, I, I, it's they, they won't cover maintenance. It's it's almost like it's trying to tell the patient to to, to come up with something that's wrong with them. When yeah, that's just not the case. Or just go want. lay down and get sick, and then get it paid for, right? It's, it's exactly. I don't I don't understand the logic behind that. I I think I do. It's business and financial, the way I'm, I look at it. But like, what? And when the same can be said about like, uh, you know, people that have like bariatric surgery and stuff, it won't cover any kind of weight loss type yeah. of thing. But until you need to have weight loss surgery, they'll cover it. Cover the weight loss sense. surgery. Yeah. Well, no matter. God, it makes me sick. All right. <laughs> I guess what's we've talked about co-insurance. We've talked about co-pays. We didn't talk about co-insurance. So that's a different okay. one. Let's talk about that. Go ahead. I'm going to I'm going to deflect this one to you because I want to say something, but I want to get the ball rolling here. So, oh, OK, co- get so starting co-insurance. Co-insurance is when you meet technically what happens is if you meet a deductible or you are working on a deductible an insurance company if you have a really good one will pay 80 or 90 percent of that deductible and you're required to pay the 10 percent i think medicare does that mostly they pay 80 percent and you cover 20. so if a patient comes in still has a deductible to meet and they have an adjustment where a regular copay would be 30 bucks, the patient would owe, what is that, 10 bucks, and the, the Medicare would pick up the other 20. That's what a co-insurance, you're working together with your insurance company. Most insurances don't do that very much in our office. Medicare is one of them if you have the right plan. 
And what I use with, with co-insurance is when we had a, a baby a few years ago, um, had a deductible. We'll just use three. It was $2,000, I think. Mm-hmm. Hit the deductible. At that point, I was had utilized into the co-insurance range. We hadn't hit the, necessarily the max out of pocket at that point, but basically it was an 80-20 plan, which means um, at that after I hit that portion, I only owed – insurance would pay 80%. I'd pay 20%. So I went and had some allergy testing done. Instead of it being $1,000, which it would have been – applied to my deductible now is only two hundred dollars because mm-hmm. they're they were paying the 80 percent of it so there's a reduced rate now once you continue to apply this to the co-insurance and your insurance eventually you would reach a point where she's what we call your max out of pocket mm-hmm. which is at that point you, you there's coverage it depends on the insurance plan but a lot of people would have 100 percent coverage after that factor it just depends on the face of the insurance it depends on the uh, what their the, the process is for that insurance specifically um next I want to talk about a question I get all the time is, and it's a nice question from patients. It's like, you know, Dr. Julie, I came in yesterday. My bill was 1682. I come in today or yesterday, you know, a week ago, it was like 3896. What's what gives? I'm like, well, in our office, what we do is we basically have the fee schedule of reimbursement from the insurance company just from keeping tabs of that in the billing office for each individual for therapy. each individual therapy so we can give you exactly what your your you, you'll be billed or what you'll owe after your build so a lot of times when an office like ours is smaller we like to collect that deductible up front so the patient doesn't get stuck with a huge bill from the insurance company if they came in seven or eight times so each therapy has an x number and those are added together and we usually take payment after each visit correct yeah. And if we don't, it's a mistake, um, unless you have a different insurance where everything is covered and they pay for you, right? And it's and at that point, yeah, I mean, if each insurance, if you got your neck adjusted, would allow a different rate, but for the most part, it's pretty similar. Pretty similar. And, and, and then from a standpoint of, you know, certain insurances are better rates, but then even if we take cash-based paying patients – which we offer, I would say, very competitive costs. That's yeah, that's what I want to touch on a little yeah. later. Yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it just depends. It's something to look at, you know, obviously when you come in, but a lot of offices that are just collecting more th- that than what the amount is, he's right, you would receive a much larger bill, when in reality we just try to keep that from getting too elevated. So. Mm-hmm. Um, are x-rays covered in the office? Let's talk about that. Yeah, x-rays, x-rays are covered, and, and, and what I'm really proud of is that Again, we're not affiliated with hospitals. We're, we're, you know, we're a private practice. So the, the allowable rate, for example, for like a cervical X-ray for an anthem is going to be somewhere Cheap. like thirty-two dollars. Yeah. Whereas, Cheap. you know, you go to the hospital, it could be three hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. it's th- there's a there's a benefit from that standpoint, and it's you're getting you know same quality X-rays, digital X-rays perform, and it is it isn't covered. But none again, it's also documented and it's substantiated while we're ordering the X-ray. So yeah. if they do want to know why, it was, it's we, we can prove why. Right, and then we're around sports a lot on the weekends and friends a lot. It's, oh, I'm going tomorrow to the doctor to get an X-ray. Just Meet me on Sunday Definitely. after dinner at the office. Absolutely. We'll take care of it. We'll use our insurance, and it's much cheaper that way. Um, but you got to know us. you got to get yeah. to know us. Yeah. <laughs> get in that circle, right? <laughs> the circle. It's a circle. Uh, is massage therapy covered? I'll answer that one. Generally, no. There's very few insurances anymore that will cover massage therapy. And, again, that points back to the maintenance situation that I, you and I are irritated about. Yeah, the only thing I think from an insurance standpoint that would be – maybe potentially apply to some people have like an HSA plan they can use. If one of us writes a script proving that medical, it's medically necessary for massage Mm -hmm. to be done, they could not have to pay, I believe sales tax on it. 
when it's said and done. I've written, you know, had written plenty of uh, scripts for massage therapy, but you're not having your insurance pay for it. It's just it might benefit you to apply that to your massage therapist themselves, and it can benefit you from like the overall cost. But it's not like something we bill out mm. for. So, yeah. HSA. Uh, HSA, yeah, yeah. They we they use that frequently in the office, don't they? Yeah, HSA plans that come in, and that's you know that's a whole nother topic and what that may be, how much your employer is, you know, putting into an account that you can utilize, you know, HSA can be used for so many things, even within our office, since we're a full medical office outside of just, Mm -hmm. you know, things that would usually be billed through insurance from, you know, things from medical weight loss and things like that. Once again, it has to be substantiated. So HSA plans are, uh, a lot of people have those, especially around here. A lot of people do utilize those. They get a set, a lot amount. They can, um, it sounds like it carries over Mm -hmm. from year to year, which is interesting. I wish I had that. I like that. I like that outcome. So, um, do we need a referral from a primary primary care physician to come here? We do not need do a not. referral. Yeah, we do not. And you know, some people do. I think a lot, a lot of special there are specialists that need that. Um, but I can't speak on anyone in, in particular. But for us, that's a question that is asked. I think at least to the girls get a lot. And no, you do not need a referral to to make an appointment to come mm-hmm. up here at that point. No, by by no means, no. Um. Let's talk about uh, car accident insurance. That is a little different ball game, right? So if you're in a motor vehicle accident, you need to state that before you come into the office. Let us know, um, and then tell us what you're going to decide to do. Most folks go with an attorney, and we get in contact with the attorney, and we go from there. Treatment options are a little bit longer with car accidents, so... A lot of times the insurance companies, well, they won't, the health insurance doesn't usually cover them at all, right? Yeah, it's, no, they don't. And, and a lot of individuals in their car insurance policies have a, a health portion of it that will cover your health medical bills. Mm-hmm. They usually refer to that as med, medical pay or med pay. So that is something that you should know because if you're in a car accident, you shouldn't have to apply to your deductible and you pay out of pocket for that therapy when in reality it wasn't even your fault to be in a car accident, this is where I would be wondering. You'd have to look at your insurance policy to determine if you could get your insurance policy to pay for your medical bills, which is why it's there in place to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know anything about this until we had started this, you know, years ago. And it's, it's, um, I start looking at the little things when I look at my policy, realizing how much, you know, med pay is available and what it may be. So, right. Um, we're comp injuries. We also do a lot of that. That's a little different ball game. We don't, you're going to need an attorney for that. Usually there's usually no, uh, there is a fee schedule that's acquired with that, but, um, those things need to be approved before you get treatment. Um, so yeah, that's a sticky situation. A lot of times with, uh, with that scenario, you know, get an attorney, then come to the office, have a, a consult, and then we can request whether you need therapy here or therapy elsewhere. And that would be more or less easier to describe that insurance scenario based off uh, a, a patient visit as opposed to doing this over a, a podcast yeah, workers comp and personal injury is is definitely a little more complicated mm-hmm. but we're, we're very well educated to explain it to you when you were here but it's mm-hmm. hard to you know dictate over a podcast yeah we do a lot of work comp and a lot of personal injury in the office as well so we would know what to do and where to go um and then also we I touched on earlier the cash so for whatever reason folks who have insurance you're paying for the insurance most times and it's expensive and then you're still paying your insurance, but then you come in here and pay more that gets applied to your insurance deductible. A lot of folks decide to just pay cash because it's more affordable in a lot of cases, right? Like almost 80% of the time a patient come in here um, and not have it, just not use their insurance and it's cheaper than them. I, people want to, a 
a lot of people just want to use their insurance, even if they're not getting any right. benefits. I Again, understand that. that gets back to the deductible. You're not getting really any benefits until you essentially reach that deductible mm-hmm. anyway. So what I, I don't know about you, but for me, I'll be completely honest with patients. A lot of times they're coming in and they have to pay some sort of high copay or they're paying all this money. I will maybe recommend that, hey, look, here's what the cash cost would mm-hmm. be. This may be financially saving you money to actually switch. And most people are very appreciative and they'll do it, but they didn't, you know, no one thinks to ask when I go to an office, like I see my doctor, like how much would it be to pay cash? I just assume I'm going to use my insurance. So right. yeah, we, we offer very, com- very, uh, very competitive rates when it comes to cash. Yeah, and then also when your benefits run out, if you, you know, hit the allotted 12 adjustments and you need 14, we can move you to the cash plan, which is, I mean, you might even be cheaper most times on your insurance, honestly. Absolutely. So just a thought, uh, food for thought there. So basically, we just wanted to kind of clear up, you know, insurance. We are in network again with Medicare, Medicaid, Anthem, UHC, Medical Mutual, Buckeye, Molina, CareSource, UMR, GEHA, WorkComp, Cash, and Personal Injury. Um, I wanted to say, you know, generally each insurance is given a certain number of visits they come in for, and we don't usually try to go over that. We try to stay under that. If you do go over it, we move you to a cash plan. Uh, we talked about deductibles. Um, if you've met your deductible and you still have all of your appointments available, then folks come in and use them all if it's medically necessary. Um, if you don't have any visits left, we usually move you the cash. Um, Medicare only covers certain things, so sometimes they have two different cards. They'll have a cash card versus a, um, an adjustment Medicare card because they only cover adjustments. So if you need a different therapy, we have to separate the two. Um Talked about co-insurance. We talked about out-of-network deductible, which we don't generally use. We usually move them to cash because it's much cheaper. Uh, we talked about copays, and some folks' copays are really high, but you don't usually end up paying that. Uh, what else? I, the only other thing I think we would talk talk about is if you come into an office, like a medical office, and you are, you know, provided treatment and therapy that would apply to your deductible. However, if you are, for example, given a tens unit or a back brace or something along those lines, like an actual physical piece of equipment, this may potentially apply to another type of a deductible, which we refer to as like a DME, DME or deductible. durable medical equipment deductible, which may be different than yours. So that's part of the verification process. We usually look at that to give an idea ahead of time, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just billing to your insurance and then just waiting for you to receive a bill. We're, we try to be very, very thorough with that ahead of time so you're not So surprised. that hidden third deductible always gets you, huh? It is, and that was news <laughs> to me when we started doing it. And I know it's, it, was. it is interesting for sure. So but, back braces, TENS units. It's uh, knee braces. Uh, yeah, there's like posture support. Posture support and, stuff that goes yeah. through a different deductible. So if you thought you met your deductible and then you haven't done anything mm-hmm. out of the DME one, that's something to talk about also. Uh, but again, you know, when you guys schedule for an appointment, we'll generally have this uh, insurance verification. I'll let everybody know, including the doctor and yourself, what's approved, what's not approved, what can be done, what can't be done uh, by your second or maybe third visit. It just depends. Um, and I like the, the accessibility because we use iPads with the patients when we're in mm-hmm. there. We can pull up all of your charts that's scanned in. So a mm-hmm. lot of times right in the room, a patient has a question. They don't have to meet with our biller. I can just pull it up in five seconds and say, oh, yeah. you've been in six times and you have 12 visits. Here you go. And then it's just the, an- the question's answered yeah. right there. I did it today. So. Yeah. And then also, you know, 95% of the time, you and I know what we're talking about with insurance. There's that 5% where we'll bring the biller in because she knows an, it. That's an A. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good, a good. I'll that's take good. that. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, if you have any more questions, visit us on our website, ipmdohio.com. Thanks for listening to Adjust Your Life podcast. Thank you, guys.